Thank you so much, Brian and worship team. What a what a great song to sing right before we look at uh, this section of the model prayer, the teaching prayer that Jesus used. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he gave them this outline. We've been talking about it for several weeks, got a couple more to go. He said, address God as Father, praise God for who He is, ask God for His kingdom to come right here on earth, ask God for provision, talk to God about the issue of forgiveness, and then ask God for His presence and His, His power in our life. But today, I want us to concentrate on this one phrase, give us today our daily bread. The first question that comes to me is this, why would God ask us to pray for something we need when He already knows better than us what we need? But if you look closely at at each one of the words in this verse, I think we can find the answer to that, and I want us to walk through it. First of all, God instructs us to make a request of Him. Give us today our daily bread. Now, when God grants that wish, it is indeed a gift, and all good things come from God. And so there is a piece of this that points to the gift, but I think the emphasis is not so much on God giving. It, the emphasis is on us asking. It's the request. God loves us. God knows what we need. God has the ability to give us what we need. Still, God wants us to ask. Now, don't put God in your shoes this morning in this regard. Because have you ever asked someone, I mean, required someone to ask something from you rather than just offer it before they ask? Most of us have. And I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes the motive when I do that, is selfish and self-promoting. We want the person who needs something to recognize that, you know, in a little bit of pride, I have something I can give you, right? Uh, we want the, the person that's asking us uh, t- to know that they're needy and we're not. We Sometimes we want them to ask us because we want them to be indebted to us. I mean, think about it, guys, like this. So your good friend has some passes to the masters. It'd be pretty nice if they were indebted to you about right now, wouldn't it? Yeah, it sure would. So God's motive is never selfish, self-promoting. It is always pure. So why would he want us to ask when he could simply give it to us? Well, he wants us to recognize He is the good, good Father we just sang about who provides for us. And He always has what we need. He has as much as we need, and He has it when we need it. Now, Satan will convince you otherwise. He will convince you that the world has what you need, that sin has what you want, or here in, in, in the affluent burbs of Atlanta in Forsyth County, he will convince you that you don't need anything. You've got it all. You've got a handle on it. And, you know, from a, a worldly perspective, yes, that describes many of us in this room today. We don't need much of anything. We're pretty self-sufficient and successful. But God wants us to come to him. 
Because he knows you. He knows exactly what you need. And he knows you don't know exactly what you need. In fact, he also knows when you come here in your self-sufficiency, thinking you don't need anything from him. So the first thing here is the emphasis is on the request. God wants us to ask of him. Next, God instructs me to pray, not just for myself, but he instructs me to pray for all of those around me. Give us. Now, this is plural. It's not singular. He wants us to break out of our selfishness. He, he wants us to see the, the people around us. He, he wants us to recognize that God loves us, all of us. Jesus said, for God so loved the world. That's a pretty big arena right there. The Bible says God does not desire that any perish. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. The Bible says God does not, I mean, the Bible says in, in Paul, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Simply put, when we pray, we must pray from a community perspective. Now, is it okay to pray for yourself Absolutely. One of my favorite, I guess the favorite prayer I have in the New Testament, one sentence prayer, is this one. Father, I, emphasis is on, on me, believe, help my, again, emphasis on me, help my unbelief. It, it is certainly all right to pray. But when the disciples said, Jesus, show us how to pray, his emphasis was on us praying for the entire community. Third, Jesus taught the disciples to pray daily, daily. When you pray for daily bread and you want to eat daily, then guess what? Your prayers must be daily. So today, you pray for bread today and you eat in your field. So what do you do tomorrow? You have to pray for today's bread and God gives you today's bread, and you eat your fill, and you're no longer hungry. And then you wake up the next day, and what do you have to do? Pray again for daily bread. How many of you prayed daily this week? I don't want you to raise your hands. I remember as a kid, we still mail out envelopes as a church. They look a little different than they used to. Back when I was a kid, we got a, a box of envelopes. had 52 uh, weeks in there, and... The, the envelope was for me to put my tithe. You know, if I mowed yards and made $20 that week, then I put $2, 10% in that envelope. Now, the outside of the envelope was used for another thing as well. It was, it was used to help me evaluate my, my spiritual disciplines. If I attended worship, I could check the box. If I, um, if I put something in the envelope, I could check the box, giving. If I went to Sunday school that day, I could check the box. Bible study. If I prayed daily and read my Bible daily, there was a box for that as well. It helped me look at the week and say, did I go to God in prayer every day? God wants us to come to Him daily. God gives us daily bread daily because He wants to hear from us daily. Philippians 4, 6 says it this way, in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That is something that we are to do 
daily. It's a discipline in our life that keeps us coming back to Him. Number four, not only does God want us praying for daily bread daily, He wants us to know that His daily provision is enough. It's sufficient. And He desires that we are good stewards with this creation that He has given us as as well. The account of the creation in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 and 29, it makes it clear that God provides all that we need and God tells us to take care of this creation, this gift that He's given us. It says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for for food. We often face today life with this mentality. There are too many people on this planet and too few resources. Think about how often you view the world in this way. So we better get all we can, can all we get, and then sit on our can. Have we forgotten that God created this world, He placed us in it, and then 2 Peter 1.3 says, and He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And then He goes on and say, so, because of this, make every effort. And what does He mean by that? He's saying, I've given you everything you need to live life on this earth. Now, you make every effort to be a good steward of all that I have given you. Finally, Jesus teaches us that we are to pray for that which sustains our life. And the word there is bread. If we don't eat, we don't live. Most of us are doing a lot of living, aren't we? Perhaps too much. And Jesus is quick to tell us this. Man shall not live by bread alone. Of course we must eat to live. So ask God for your daily bread, knowing that He is a good, good Father. Jesus said, what man is there among you if his son asked for bread would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish would give him a snake? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? And Jesus knew the greater truth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry, and he who believes in me will never thirst again. John 6, verse 35. Absolutely, absolutely ask God for daily bread, but please, please come to Him for eternal life. The the bread from heaven will not only sustain you as you walk on this earth, but Jesus is the only one who can promise you eternal life, life after death in the presence of God. You know, Psalm 23, one of the most beautiful psalms and, and a piece of it that I think sometimes we overlook so quickly that God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. What do you do at a table? He's talking about a dinner table here. He's talking about you. I mean, just, ima- stop and just imagine this. Can we even imagine sitting at a table 
that God has prepared for us. And at the head of the table is God our Father. And sitting right next to us is Jesus our brother. We are joint heirs, the Bible tells us. We're a brother with Christ. And we're sitting at that table that God has prepared for you and I to feast. Father, give us today our daily bread. He wants us to eat while we live on this earth, to have strength to serve Him. But He wants us to take the bread of heaven that we might be with Him in eternity forever. And you know what? That invitation... That invitation is accepted when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. That invitation is accepted when you call on the name of Jesus and only the name of Jesus for your salvation. So the question is, why would God ask for us to pray for something we need when He already knows better than we what we need? You know, when we ask God for the things we need, we often include things that we don't need. Be honest with yourself. Have you ever noticed that? When we ask God for the things that we need, sometimes we ask for more than what we need. I know I do. I'm just being honest. And sometimes when we ask God for the things we need, we actually ask Him for things that would be harmful to us if we receive them. And so God says, come to me. So that, so that we can hear from Him in this as well. When we ask God for things that we need, we're often focused on ourselves. When we ask God for things that we need, we are so focused on this earth today that we forget about all of eternity. But when we take the time to go to God and ask for daily bread... It gives, for all of us, it gives God an opportunity to speak into our life. And when He speaks back, He corrects our selfishness. He fine-tunes our stewardship. He motivates our generosity and gratefulness. And He refocuses our vision on that which lasts for all eternity. So, if you pray, God, give me this day our daily bread. Amen. And then you go about your merry way. Maybe you repeat the whole Lord's model prayer. Amen. And you go your merry way. You have robbed yourself of the opportunity to sit in the presence of the God of the universe and align your life with the one who also said, I have come that you might have life and may live it to its fullness. Isn't that what we want? We want life in all of its fullness. And the only one who promises to give us that, the only one who created us and knows everything about us and knows our needs perfectly, the only one that can do that is God. And so we, we just go out there and rip off this prayer and say amen and go on when he said, wait, stop. I want to talk to you about this. Because I, I, I don't want to just give you bread for today. I want to give you life in all of its fullness. Let's have a conversation so that you can understand my will for you and how you can have that life. I, I want us to use a couple today 
as object lessons for this prayer because this kind of walked us through what that phrase means, God give us today our daily bread. So how can we apply this to a real-life situation? And I've asked Kyle and Rebecca to join me up here on stage. Michael's going to get a couple of chairs for them uh, as well. Some of you know this, maybe most of you know this, God has called Kyle and Rebecca to leave coming Georgia and make Columbus, Ohio their home and their mission field. Uh, Kyle came to us to serve in our middle school ministry and did so faithfully and then we asked him to serve college and young pros and, and the two of them have been serving that community so much and we appreciate that so much. But during this time, God has also been working in Kyle's heart and developing a heart for, for mission, a heart for church planting. Uh, he has served the North American Mission Board on the church planter assessment team. And now God is calling Kyle and Rebecca to plant a church in Worthington, Ohio, a northern suburb of Columbus, Ohio. Not only are you going north, you're going to north of north, you know, northern part of Columbus. But, uh, you know, Kyle knows, and he and Rebecca have already been praying for their provision. God, give us today our daily bread. Kyle and Rebecca have witnessed God's provision as they've said yes to this call on their life. They said yes before all of these things fell into place. But their house has already sold. We're going to close on it in just a short amount of time. God has provided a job for Kyle, which is in his wheelhouse. Some of you may not know this, but part of his wheelhouse is basketball. Uh, he wears the wrong colors, but uh, he, he's, he's got a basketball coaching job lined up when he gets there. And you say, well, he's going to plant a church. Why? Well, because God knows he needs to connect with people who need to be in that church. He needs to connect with people who don't know the gospel. So instead of being, you know, locked up into a, a pastor's, a church planter's office, he's out in the community going to be coaching basketball, meeting parents where he can share the gospel with them. Uh, you know, and, and this is going to provide income. You know, while Kyle served us here, he needed daily bread, right? And when he goes to Columbus, that's not going to change. He's going to need daily bread. So this job will provide that income uh, as well. Our church is going to provide some of that and partners. Uh, we'll talk about some of those partners in just a minute. But uh, th this job will provide a place for him to connect with the community. God is so good. God knows what Kyle and Rebecca needs, and God wants Kyle to continue to pray daily for his daily bread. So, Kyle, this morning we're commissioning you and Rebecca, and we're going to bring up the kids in, in just a minute, but we're commissioning you to go. And so in this commissioning, I want to share with you some things that you probably already know, but just to remind you how you need to be praying for daily bread. Uh, first of all, a church planner must have a heart for discipleship. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Before you can fish for men, you have to be a follower of Christ. Our joy is not in fishing. Our joy is in following Christ. It's becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ to come, become more like Him. And this is awesome. When you become more like Christ, when you follow Jesus, you will be a better fisher of men. Pray 
that God will give you a heart for Jesus and a heart for discipleship. Number two, a church planner must have patience for his sheep. Jesus said a good shepherd will leave the 99 to go and search for the one who wanders away. It's easy. It's easy to stay connected to the 99 who follow, right? It takes patience to go after the one who puts everyone else in danger. Think about that. The the sheep that wanders off, he, he puts the rest of the flock in danger. He puts the shepherd in danger. It takes faith and it takes patience. Kyle, pray for patience, lots of patience, for there will always be the one. And when you struggle with that patience, remember this, and I say this as a fellow one, as a fellow lost sheep. Um, There have been times in your life you've been the one and someone had patience. There have been times in my life I've been the one and someone had patience. Pray to God that you'll be a good shepherd. Number three, a church planner must have a passion for the lost. Jesus is the good shepherd and he takes care of his sheep. At the same time, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And when Jesus saw the multitudes of lost people, he had compassion on them. The Bible says his, his stomach did a flip-flop. You've had that happen. You get sick to your stomach. That's how much he was moved for lost people. When the Pharisees got upset because Jesus was spending time with lost people, he said, I did not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. That's lost people. In the end, Jesus gave himself away, dying on the cross for lost people like you and like me. And so pray for a passion, a white-hot passion that your soul burns for the lost. Fourth, a church planner needs a vision for multiplying. You can easily say that you're needed here. You know, college students need you. The young pros need you. First Baptist Church needs you. Lead pastor needs you. You could easily say that, and you could stay here and help us add students to college ministry and add young pros to our young pro ministry. You could, you could easily do that and say, I'm, I'm needed here. But God has given you a heart for multiplying. And so continue to pray for that heart. In fact, I want you to pray that every person in Worthington, Ohio you meet has that heart to multiply. Even such that as a church plant, if someone becomes a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and has that heart and passion and God sends them, while you all are scrapping for everybody to come, if the whole church plant goes somewhere else because God called them to go multiply, just as you're leaving here to multiply, pray that that same DNA will be planted in the lives of those that you reach in Worthington. And, and number five, a church planter must collaborate with other Great Commission believers. Watermark Church, that's the church name of the, the church that he's going to, to help plant. Watermark Church uh, is a collaborative effort itself. First Baptist Woodstock, the, the lead pastor, is coming out of, of, of that church. First Baptist coming. We're sending Kyle and Rebecca. Jersey Church, a, another uh, Columbus, Ohio, and, and the suburbs church is helping with this. And the North American Mission Board. And, and each of these partners are, are Southern Baptists. And the Southern Baptist 
convention learned many years ago that we can do together more than we can do alone. We understand that collaborative effort. And in our best moments, in our best times, we're very collaborative. And even reaching out and partnering with other evangelical, great commission believers in the area. I encourage you to do that and to pray for that collaborative spirit. You know, we know that some things are impossible without God. Church planting being high on that list, very high on that list. But with God, all things are possible. And God has chosen to work with you, with each other, to bring His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Two are better than one, the Scripture says, because they have a, a good reward for their labor, Ecclesiastes 4.9. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, Proverbs 27.17. And he gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the building up of the body of Christ, Ephesians 4.11-12. Kyle, as you pray for daily bread, Pray not only for partners to help, but pray that God gives you a spirit of collaboration to work healthily with those God brings your way. Now I have one more question, and then I'm going to ask deacons and staff members on behalf of the church to come and gather around Kyle in just a minute, so you be ready to, to move. But here is this question for every one of us in the room. How Will you be supporting Kyle and Rebecca and Kennedy, Will and Grant as they follow God's lead to Ohio? Please, please, please pray. We've been instructed to pray. We've been studying about prayer. We've learned the depth of what it means just to pray for daily bread. It's more than a one-sentence prayer. It's a conversation with God for those needs. So pray for Kyle and Rebecca. Please give. Give faithfully. Give generously. Give to the, the support of First Baptist Church because we can only partner all the mission partners that you saw as you came in and, and I hope you'll go visit before. We can only partner with them as we have resources to do that. Of course, resources is you volunteering with those partners and it's also part of your finances to support financially that work so let me encourage you to give we'll be faithful and generous out of our acts 1 8 to support kyle and rebecca and we need your generosity as well and then please be ready to go kyle has led students young pros to to, to new york and, and london uh, he's gone on mission trips and we'll be sending mission trips now to Kyle and Rebecca. So go when those opportunities come. Sign up. Be a part of it. Pray for those who go. Give so some can go that don't have the resources to go completely on their own. Some of you will need to go short term, a week. Some of you may need to spend a summer there helping them out, a more midterm. And you know what? Some of you may need to find a job in Columbus and relocate your whole family help Kyle they're doing that there's nothing in the scripture says that that only pastors or, or staff persons move from one location to another if God is calling you he'll provide that job move go partner with them for the long haul 
as they multiply in Ohio. Kyle, thank you for being faithful to God's call. Thank you for serving with us these years. I can't wait to see what God does. I know it's going to be a long, hard haul. Uh, You have us with you, praying for and going and and seeing you there. Um, I'm going to ask Kennedy and Will and Grant, are are they in the service now? I thought I saw them. Would you all come on up here and um, just sit with Mom and Dad? And I'm going to ask deacons who are here in this service and ministry staff who are here in this service, if you will, come up. And, you know, I wasn't really planning on this, but if, if there are any of the young pros and college students that want to come up here as well, I, I'm just going to invite you to come, circle around them. Those of you can get close enough, lay your hands on them. You're doing this on behalf of the whole congregation uh, this morning. Uh, I've asked Michael to recruit some individuals who are going to pray specifically four different areas uh, for Kyle and Rebecca this morning. And... Will the prayers, will you all kind of stand up here at the front so everybody can, can see that? You've got a microphone. Michael will pass that on to you. But uh, thank you all for coming up. Let's bow and let's pray as we send Kyle and Rebecca off on our behalf. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for the commissioning that you have in all of our lives. But Lord, we thank you and pause this day for this family and for what you do for us and what you've done for them. Father, we pray for Kyle as he goes to the 15th largest city in our country where 2 million people may or may not know you. We pray for courage that, Father, that in the highs and the lows, that, Father, that you will uh, carry him through those. Lord, we pray that, Father, as he goes about his day-to-day, Father, that you'll protect him, that you'll protect his marriage, that you'll protect his children, that, Father, that you'll help them to acclimate. Father, thank you for Kyle's life, and thank you for this calling, and, Father, we pray that you'll heighten his sense of spiritual awareness, Lord, for the loss and the community that he's going to be in. Father, we thank you. We love you. And, Father, we just pray that as Kyle gives himself away, that, Father, we'll continue to be the church that gives ourselves away in whatever you call us to do. God, we pray for Rebecca. Lord, um, I just thank you, God, for her wisdom, Lord, and um, just her teachings, God, and her heart in general, Lord. um, I thank you, um, Lord, that... She always tells us, God, that time spent with you and um, time spent with others just surrounded in your in your word, God, and learning about you, it never comes back void, uh, Lord. And boy, does she live that out, God. Teach us that. Um, God, I pray for the obstacles that are ahead for the Connells, Lord, especially for a mama of three. Um, God, we know there will be challenges, but you're ahead of them. Um, God, and most of all, I just... I I pray that she keeps her eyes on you, Lord, um, as a wife and a mom, Lord, in her her role at Watermark. God, um, we just pray that she keeps her eyes on you. Thank you for everything you do, Lord, and um, 
I just also pray for her courage, God, um, that she just continues to do what she does best, God, and, and look to you. Father God, I pray that you will bless and keep Grant, make your face shine upon him, and be gracious unto him. Lord, I pray that you will lead Will to continue to do good, be generous, and ready to share with others. Lord, encourage Kennedy to fear and serve you faithfully with all of her heart. Continue to bless her with leadership gifts. Guide all three children to walk with the wise and to know your truth. Give them your grace, mercy, love, and peace. May the fellowship of your Holy Spirit be with each of them as they grow closer to you day by day. In Jesus' name I pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for Watermark Church, and, and God, we just pray that you would use this church to be a light in the city of Columbus. We've got so many people who do, do not know you yet. I pray that you would use Watermark Church to saturate the city with the good news of Jesus, and that people would hear this news, they would be receptive to this news, they would embrace this good news, they would become followers of Jesus, and as Pastor Bob said, that they would multiply. And God, that you would do such a great work in Columbus that nobody gets the credit but you, and you get the glory. God, pray that you would fill Kyle with your spirit and, and, and Rick, the lead pastor, with your spirit. You would continue to give them the wisdom as they lead this church plant. God, we're looking forward to how you're going to work and how you're going to use this church and this family to advance your kingdom in Columbus, Ohio. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.